Hello, this is Aaron Bounds, pastor of the Anchor Church located in Zanesville, Ohio. I want to say thanks for tuning in today. I hope this podcast inspires you, encourages you, and helps you to live the life God called you to live. Praise the Lord. Good morning, everybody. Are you glad to be in church today? Amen. Amen. Turn to a couple people around you. Tell them you look better than I do this morning. you'll remain standing with me, I'm going to be reading from Daniel chapter 11, and I'll begin with verse 32. Happy July 4th weekend, and uh, looking forward to celebrating this great holiday with family, and uh, just so happy to be in the house of God with the people of God, and um, are y'all good where you are? You think we need to switch seats again? Everybody good? Everybody good? Okay. If 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 you start fading off on me, I'm I'm gonna you know I'm gonna throw something at you or something. I don't, everybody good? Everybody all right? It's good to see everybody in the house. See several guests here. We're so glad that you're here, and um, let's let's get right into it. I'm gonna hold I'm gonna hold my title today until a little bit into, we're going to start a new series uh, today, and I'm going to hold my title until uh, until about midway through. So Daniel chapter 11 and 32, if you're there, say I'm there. If you, got, if you forgot your Bible, say I'm looking at the screen, and I'll do better next week. <laughs> Daniel 11, 32, and such as do wickedly against the covenant shall he corrupt by flatteries. This is the part that I want us to focus in on. But the people that do know their God shall be strong and do exploits. Would you say that last part with me? But the people that do know their God shall be strong and do exploits. If you know your God, you will be strong and do exploits. Lord, we thank you for this day. God, we thank you for your word. God, I pray that you would open our understanding, open our heart to your word. God, I pray that your spirit, Lord, would couple with your truth today. God, as we've, we've come not to just fill a, fill a slot of time, but we have come to understand the scriptures, Lord. Help us today in Jesus' name. And everybody said amen. You may be seated. I'm going to start Quickly, so I'll give you a second to get arranged here. Oh my goodness, I see new baby Asher walking in the room. He's walking already. It's amazing. It's a miracle. And uh, they didn't want me to announce that. And uh, I'm sure, thank you for being respectful to the new baby and not putting your hands all over the new baby and all that. God bless you in Jesus' name. <clears throat> Brother Danny, you can, you can pay me after for that. All right? Recently, everybody good? Everybody ready? Recently, an Indiana County politician named Ryan Webb 
made headlines stating he is exploring his identity. At first glance, Ryan seems like a normal male husband married to his female wife. But his recent announcement says that that is not simply the case. Recently, Ryan posted a Facebook statement where he said the following, It is with great relief that I announce to everyone that I identify as a woman, and not just any woman, but as a woman of color as well. Everybody awake? I guess this would make me gay or lesbian as well, since I am attracted to women. A white male married to a white female identifies as a black female lesbian who is attracted to women. These announcements are a result of a world who has divorced itself from truth. Amen. Ryan's announcement confusingly sparked outrage in the transgender community, some calling for him to be terminated from his local government office, others calling for him to be executed. Now, I will remind you, this criticism came from the community of people that he stated to be identified with, the community of those that are identified as transgender. They called for him to be executed and resign from office. So my question to you on this Sunday morning, and I, I didn't imagine that you would imagine that this would be the first story you would hear about on a Sunday morning at 10 a.m., but here we are. My question to you is, where is truth? Where is the line? As a society, as a whole, where is the line between what is acceptable and what is not acceptable? Because we live in a world that is celebrating diversity. Identify however you want to identify. We have young people identifying as animals, being celebrated and tolerated, and more than that, accommodated in the local school systems, putting, putting litter boxes in restrooms. Uh, so, so my question is where, ladies and gentlemen, in our society is the line? Why? Can some identify as another gender, but others cannot? It's confusion. It's chaos. It's, it's nobody knows where the line is, and that's the problem. But that is also the goal, because an absence of truth, an absence of absolute truth, creates the presence of the unknown. The absence of truth creates the presence of the unknown. 
if there is no truth, if there is no specific truth, it's just unknown. We find a biblical example of this in Acts chapter 17. Paul made his way into Athens, and in verse 16 of Acts 17, he, he, the Bible says that he saw a city that was wholly given to idolatry. The Bible says in verse 21 that all of those living in Athens spent their time on nothing else but either to tell or to hear some new thing. One commentator said that the apostle Paul walked around the city and saw the gods of Athens, the idols that were being worshipped. One of the ancient writers tells us that at, the at that time in Athens, there was approximately 30,000 different gods. One of the ancient historians said that it was easier in that day to find a god in Athens than it was to actually find a man. Paul comes to this place, comes to uh, an area where truth is relative. Truth is you serve your God, I'll serve my God. Everybody's happy and hunky-dory and we will all live our own lives. But Paul records in Acts chapter 17, he makes his way throughout the city and comes to a place. The Bible says that Paul stood in the midst of Mars Hill and said, ye men of Athens, I perceive that in all things you are too superstitious for I passed by and beheld your devotions and watch what Paul finds. He said, I found an altar with this inscription, to the unknown God, to the unknown God. In a land where 30,000 gods existed, the end road to a land with thousands of options of however you want to live, the end road is an altar to a God that is unknown. They were offering sacrifices, some even offering their own children to a God that they did not know, that they could not see, could not feel, could not understand. They were offering to an unknown God. Ladies and gentlemen, it is entirely possible for us, the church, to offer sacrifices to a God that we do not know. It is entirely possible for us to come together and worship the Lord and do our routine of church. It is entirely possible for us to do what we know we should be doing but have no idea why. And so it is with this in mind that we begin a new series this week covering biblical doctrine, a series that I'd like to call Accidentally Agnostic. Accidentally Agnostic. It is the will of God that
that we as the church do what we do because we know and we understand who we serve and why we serve him. I grew up in the church. I grew up under these pews and on Marietta Street. I, I, I made it a habit to try to, to crawl from where mom and dad sat to other pews and other seats. And, you know, we'd, 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 find, we'd find your gum underneath the, 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 the pews. We, we found your gum there. It was, I don't know why you always stuck your gum there, but you always stuck your gum under the pew. And uh, it, it, the taste wasn't as good when, <laughs> kidding, I didn't do that. My friend did that. We'd, we'd ball up those gum wrappers and play hockey with our fingers. And I, I grew up in church. I grew up around the people of God. But, but just because I grew up around the church doesn't mean that I kn- knew or understood why I went to church doesn't mean I knew or understood why, uh, who, who God was. And I'd heard Sunday school lessons and mom and dad that faithfully taught and, and put things into me. But, but, but it took more than just people feeding me why we do what we do. And ladies and gentlemen, uh, in, in this 21st century, we have to have an understanding of w- what we are doing, but also why we are doing what we are doing. We can't just come in here and serve a God that we don't know. I would would warn and caution us by the way of Scripture in Matthew chapter 7 and verse 22. The Bible says, many will say to me in that day, speaking of the coming of the Lord, He said, many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in your name? Have we not cast out devils in your name? And in thy name haven't we done many many wonderful works? That to me sounds like just good church. Sounds like solid, good, amazing church. Lord, we've prophesied. We've cast out devils. We've We've done many wonderful works. And then I will profess to them, Jesus says, I never knew you. I didn't know who you were. Depart from me, ye that work iniquity. We we become agnostic in a sense because we go through routines and motions but, but, but in reality, we've never taken the time to know. We believe that there is a God, and that there, but, but, but we believe more in the culture of church than we do the God of the church. And it's a scary place to be doing something out of a routine. Doing something because that's what mom and dad did or that's what grandma and grandpa did. Doing something because this this is where your friends are. That is all good and great, but there is a danger in that. There's a danger in just going to church because of these reasons. But eventually, amen, the fellowship and the family and the friends and all of those things ought to ultimately lead us to a pursuit of the knowledge of the truth of his word. 
the truth of his word. We ought, in, in every single one of us, there ought to be a hunger and a thirst to know the truth. Because it is by the truth that I am made free. And I speak on this subject often and I can't help it because it is in me because I remember and I know what it was like to live hollow, to live just doing because others did. But there came a moment in this young boy as a teenager where I said, I want mom and dad's God. I want my youth pastor's God. I want my pastor's God to become my God. I lived that life and, and I recognize because I lived it, I know that others live it. I know that others just do things out of routine and motions. That's why people who've grown up in church are at a massive disadvantage. Massive disadvantage because, because you've never, because I had never, I had never, God didn't deliver me out of this trauma. He didn't deliver me out of addiction. He didn't deliver me out of a circle. I, I never knew what it was like to be outside of Christ. I never understood what it was like to go through trial and trouble and hardship. I just lived in the blessings of the Lord. I just lived in the blessing. And, uh, and I'm thankful God's done many things for me. But, but, but there is a danger in just growing up around this because you can become used to this. You can become just routine. This is what I've always done, so this is what I'll always do. That doesn't work in the kingdom of God. It doesn't work. We've got to make up our mind. I want to know who I serve. I want to know why I serve him. I want to hear him say on that last day, well done, my good and faithful servant. Enter into the joy of the Lord. I'll remind us even further of Matthew chapter 15 and verse 8. The people draw nigh unto me with their mouth and honoreth me with their lips, but their heart is far from me. But in vain they do worship me, teaching doctrines, the commandments of men. He said these people are good at coming to me with their mouth and, and they honor me with their lips, but in reality their heart is not where I am. We cannot fool God. As much as I go, can, can, can become, we're all human in this room. We can all do things out of just habit. And it's, good thing, it's a good thing to develop good habits. But we have to be reminded of why we do the things that we do. Because church, you can become an agnostic in the church. You can grow up in the church and, I, and, and really in reality identify as somebody that, that, yeah, I believe there's something there, but I don't know who he is. I don't know anything about him. But if we're going to make it, if we're going to endure until the end, as the scripture says, we must know our God. Because Daniel 11 says, they that know their God shall be strong. 
and do exploits. An absence of truth creates the presence of the unknown. In reality, a land where truth cannot be found is a place that excuses us from the discipline of self-denial. Where truth cannot be found, self-denial is not found either. Because whatever truth best fits my lifestyle is the truth that we pick. It's Acts 17 in modern day North American Christianity. We We have landed in a culture that says you serve your God, I'll serve my God. You live the way you want to live. I'll live the way I want to live. We'll all get along. We'll all be happy. We'll all be together. Let's just tolerate. Let's love. Let's be accepting. Listen, we love the individual. We love the the, the, the individual that, we love the individual that identifies as homosexual. We love the individual that, ident- that, that, that says they're transgender. We love the individual that, 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 that is twisted. And, and we love that individual. We love them. We do. We care about. Listen, God's love is not based upon the color of your skin, how you identify, the past that you live. We love everybody. But my love for you does not deviate me from the truth of God's word. I can love you and not agree with everything that's going on in your life. I can love you with a pure, honest, holy love. I can love you the way Jesus loved you and at the same time disagree with the way you're living. It's very possible. Because what we are, the, the, the finish line, the goal line, amen, that we are to live by, the standard in which we are to live up to is the word of God. And so if our lives deviate from the word of God in any way, that means this is, listen, I can can love you and disagree with you at the same time. I am pursuing a life that is pleasing unto the Lord. And I just believe that everybody ought to have an opportunity to live a life that is pleasing to the Lord. I just believe that everybody ought to have an opportunity to go to heaven. Everybody ought to have an opportunity to know know who Jesus is. Everybody. Everybody. It's Acts. We we live in Acts 17 in the modern day. You serve your God. I'll serve my God. Let's tolerate one another. Let's let's love one another. Let's let's just do that. But but we, we must love, yes, but we can never blend, start, start, start um, fading the lines of where truth is. It goes back to Genesis chapter 1. Is everybody okay? It goes back to Genesis chapter 1. What, what was the condition of the world in Genesis 1? I'll read it to you. Turn to Genesis chapter 1. If you don't know where that is, just open the front of your Bible and start turning. You'll land there. In the beginning, 
God, somebody say God, created the heaven and the earth. Watch the state that the earth was in. And the earth was without form and void. And darkness was upon the face of the deep. When before God got his hands on the earth, the earth was void. It was dark. It was absent of absolutes. It was, it was a jumbled mess. But when God showed up in verse 2, and the Spirit of God moved upon the face of the waters. Watch. And God said, let there be light. Light. Somebody say light. What, why, why is this important? Well, light is a reference. The Bible talks about the light of truth. Truth is what turns the light on. Truth is what brings clarity. And so if truth is light, darkness is anything other than truth. Have you ever woke up in the middle of the night and, and tried to navigate around your house in the dark? Does anybody, would anybody admit on this Sunday morning, every head bowed and every eye closed, would, it, would anybody admit on this Sunday morning that, that you have too many items for your shins and your feet to hit in your home. Mm. I grew up with some shin knockers around. You know, you wake up in the middle of the night and, you know, you're, you, you got to get a drink of water or whatever and, you you know, you nail your foot or your shin on your like, ah! That's what those things are for. They're, they're, they're furniture finders, right? In the middle of the night, you just you come up with words you didn't know you knew. What, what, what happens in, in the dark? When you're in the dark, there's no clarity. When you're in the dark, there's no direction. When you're in the dark, you're not sure where you're at. You're going up based off memory. This is... This is where I know to go, you know, you're wiping sleep out of your eyes. and When you're in the dark, there's, there's, and so in Genesis chapter 1, we find a world that is absent of light and absent of truth. And it was dark and it was void and it was, the goal of the enemy is to take what, what the world was before God got his hands on it and Genesis 1, and take it back to that place. That's the goal of the enemy. No boundaries, no lines, no clarity, no direction, no, no absolutes. Just, just darkness, void, and just a jumbled mess. That is the goal of the enemy. But when the Lord showed up, what did he do? He said, let there be light. He flipped the light on because when the light is on, you can see. If you can see, you can understand. Light brings clarity. Light reveals the mess that's in your life. And so when people come to the truth 
and the light gets turned on in their life, the, 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 the void and the darkness and the chaos is revealed. It shows that this is wrong, this has got to move, and this has got to change, and this has got to work out. What is happening when an individual from a, a sinful lifestyle comes to a place where they decide to know God? A light gets turned on, and God starts to bring order to that individual's life. He starts putting in lines and parameters and Boundaries, don't, don't get get rid of that, and and let's let's put this here, and let let's put that there, and you don't need to be drinking that anymore, and you don't you don't need to be you don't need to be involved in that anymore. What what is he doing? He is he is trying to establish boundaries so that darkness and void cannot be found, because in a life that is present with truth, a life that is full of truth is a life that is established in clear boundaries. This is wrong, this is right. This is what I ought to do, this is what I ought not to do. And this is where people get messed up and this is where people's, is everybody all right? Are you with me? This is where people's will gets in the way because in our nature, there's this, there's this nature, there's this sinful nature that wars against the, the will of God. And so we, our flesh wars for those lines to be blurred again. Wars for those lines to be, for darkness to come back and, 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 and for, for, for things that God wants to reveal and heal. We leave them tucked in. And we leave them in the dark. And, and there's a conflict that happens because truth always reveals. And so it is the will of God for not Darkness to be found, confusion to be found, because confusion is the goal of our day. Confusion is the goal of the, uh, of the adversary in 2023. That's the goal, confusion. Unknown, unknown truth, unknown absolute, that's the goal. Because if there's no clarity, or if there's no truth, there's no clarity. And if there's no clarity, there's no direction. But, it, but when God gets a hold of somebody, when God gets into somebody's life, he turns the light on and he starts setting things in order. Let there be light. I, I, he, he gave, Bible says, he gave a boundary to the sea that you can go no further than this. He, 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 made, the, he made the land to rise above the waters and, and brought order that these animals go here and those animals go there. He brought order in the midst of chaos. And truth brings order. Somebody say truth brings order. Truth will bring order to your life. It will bring clarity to your life. And because of this, because of living a life full of absolutes, we live in a day and age where culture criticizes the church, the true church. They criticize a church that stands against homosexuality. They criticize a church that stands against a, a, a man ought to ought to dress like a man, and a woman ought to dress like a woman. Our, our society doesn't support that. But the church stands for that. 
But why do we stand? Not because it's our personal preference, but the Bible says in Genesis chapter 2 that when God created man, male and female created he them. He created two genders. He created a male and he created a female. That's not my personal preference. That's not my personal uh, agenda. That is the truth of the Word of God. I'm not going to be mean to you about it. I'm not going to be aggressive about it. I'm going to do it in love and live it in love. But I am going to stand and live by the truth of God's Word. So don't criticize me if you see me take a stand on a certain subject or a certain thing because if it lines up with the word of the Lord, then it's truth. It's right. Faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Amen. Truth is found in the word. The Bible says, sanctify them through thy truth. Thy word is truth. We can find the truth to live by, to walk by, amen, to to operate our families by. We can find the truth in his word. Truth can be found in the word of God. Can somebody say amen to that? I, 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 please don't misunderstand what I'm saying. I'm not coming across rude. I'm not coming across any other way. But the Bible does say for a man to be in a relationship with another man is an abomination unto the Lord. That's what the Bible says, that it was never the will of God for a, for a man to be in a relationship with another man or a woman to be in a relationship with another woman. You were designed, amen, to be attracted to the opposite sex. That's not my preference. That's not, that's not, that's not, I didn't make that up. This came from the word of the Lord. Well, I have I have desires that I have I have feelings that 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 don't line up with that. Well, listen, if you some some people say, well, well, I was just born with those feelings. Or I was born with those emotions. The Bible says that you must be born again. You must be born of the water and of the Spirit. You ought you must be you must have a transforming and a renewing of your mind. I don't want I don't want to serve a God that I do not know. I do not want to offer sacrifices. I do not want to uh, go through religious routine all to a God that I do not know and understand. And on the first week of this series, I hope and I pray that it is the desire of this body to know their God. Because if you will know your God, you will be strong, number one, and you will do exploits. You will not only survive in your strength, but you will thrive by doing exploits. If you will make a decision to know the God 
God that you serve, you will be strong and you will do exploits. Stand with me all over the room. In the next several weeks, we're going to dive into absolutes in the scripture. Doctrines. The word doctrine just means teachings. We're going to dive into teachings of the word of God and what the word of the Lord says. Because I don't want to stand before God and hear him say, I never knew you. You went through church, you prophesied, you cast out devil. If anything, that, that identifies with ministry. It identifies with people that's, that's working in the church. I don't, I don't want to work in the church and not know God. I don't want to work in the church and not have a relationship with God. It's the will of God that his people make a decision to seek him and to know him. And if we will seek to know God, we will seek to know the Lord. The Bible says in Jeremiah 29 and 13, And ye shall seek me and find me when you will search for me with all of your heart. Ladies and gentlemen, if you will make a decision to seek to know your God, you will find answers. Things that were once covered, things that were once hidden have now been revealed by His Spirit. He can give us knowledge and understanding of this truth. Because if we're going to survive and we're going to endure in this last day, it's not going to be because a group of friends, a group of family. It's not going to be because of tradition uh, uh, of, of what we have always done. It's going to be because we knew his word. I will remind you that the scripture says that many in the last day will fall away. There will be a great falling away in the last day. Why? Because they received not a love for truth. For truth. All over the room, let's lift our hands. And I want you to pray, God, give me a desire to know truth. I want to know truth. I want to know where the lines are. I want to know why. I believe and I live the way that I do. God, I pray for every individual in this room today. These are your people, the sheep of your pastor, and I pray God, that there would be a desire to seek and to know you, God, like never before. With the understanding and the promise of your word, if we will seek you, we will find you. God, give us a desire to know who you are. Give us a desire, God. We don't want, we don't want to do all these amazing things in your name and not know you. God, we want to know who we serve. I don't want to offer sacrifices to an unknown God. I want to know you. 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 Would you make that your heart's prayer? Would you make that your heart's prayer right now? There's, there's, a, there's a touch of God in this room. There's a spirit of prayer in this room. Amen. Spirit of prayer in this room. Oh, I want to know you, Lord. 
Thanks again for listening to the Anchor Church Podcast. If you enjoyed it, make sure you subscribe so you can keep up on our weekly sermons. If you're in the Zanesville area, we invite you to join us on Sundays. You can find all the details on our website at theanchor.church. Again, thanks so much for listening, and we hope to see you soon.